Uh, how we get started is I give it about five seconds of silence after I make some old man noises to get warmed up. Uh, I'll give it a little pause. <clears throat> Wah! And then I'll bring us in. <laughs> Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are a twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show, Turn Podcast Too Beautiful to Live. My name is Mike Frizzell, also known as Jail Dude, and on Mondays we give you a recap of the previous week's TVTLs, but this is our Friday show where we normally have a guest on to talk about their experiences with the show and also play, play and discuss their favorite clips. But tonight we're breaking format because we have a very special guest, and more on that in a second. I can't do this show all by myself. Here in Austin, so sitting in the Carter Subaru Studios, monitoring the Comcast inbox in Everett, Washington, is the most perfect 10 I know, the nice lady, Christy Wise. Hello, C. Wise. Hello, Mike. <laughs> We're very excited tonight, Christy, to have yes. the love of Luke Burbank's wife, his moon and stars, his partner in life, in love, and in regrettable real estate ventures, the <laughs> lovely and gracious Carrie Burbank. Hello, Carrie. Hey, you guys. Hello. Oh, my welcome. gosh. I'm I'm nervous. I know, me too. <laughs> this doesn't happen to me. Well, that makes three of us, so that's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, Carrie, you, you seem very nervous about this, but we always make everyone look good, you know? Um, it, it seemed like uh, when, I, when I talked to you after the family togetherness hour that you did on TVTL last week, uh, you, you feel like it, it fell a little short of your expectations. What, what, was, um, what did you think the problems were with, with the show? Oh, boy. I, how much time do we have? I, besides the technical problems, which, which we almost trumped tonight, right. trying to, <laughs> trying to get you on the air. No, this was much, much faster. Let me, let me just tell you that. But, uh, I think it's just, I had this fear going into it that I was going to do exactly what happened. Essentially it was, I was going to be rambly. I wouldn't get to a point. I'd be too nervous to articulate myself. You know how you tend to have your fear about something in life ends up being worse than when you actually do it. You're like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought. Uh, this was worse because oh. when I listened back to it, I actually felt okay about the show. But then when I made the horrific mistake of listening <laughs> to it, that's when I, I honestly just felt, I felt really embarrassed. And well, I thought there were a lot of really heartwarming moments on the show, especially like the last 20 minutes. It was really sweet and endearing and, and made me tear up a little bit. Christy, oh, what yeah. did you think? It was so great. I don't know what you're, I mean, I understand. I can't listen to myself. Um, and I always have regrets. And then when we get feedback like, oh, you shouldn't have said that. Or when you said this, you should have said that. So I know exactly where you're coming from, but you were delightful. And I know you probably never want to do it again, but I think once a month should be required. <laughs> oh, thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, that was, basically exact well and that's what i just said right there basically exactly this was one of the things i was like <laughs> oh my god i started every sentence with i think essentially basically probably maybe definitely like most people talk carrie that's yeah, how most right. people talk well, don't worry about it but when it's there for eternity i know exactly uh, I, I guess i can see that point but come on i, I mean it, like if luke were held responsible if andrew were held responsible for their grammar and their <laughs> i mean there's just no way just we're, we're, get over we're all yeah. wide open to criticism. And I bet you didn't even get any criticism. Did you? Well, I mean, the tens are really super nice. And obviously Luke, I think he was just happy that I did it because I was kind of nervous. And uh -huh. so of course he was very, very <laughs> caring, but 
it's just, I think this is what it is. You know, I'm sure when you guys first started doing this, you were much more nervous than you are now. But when it's something you don't do very often, you can't help but be nervous. You overthink everything you're going to say. And I would like to think I don't do that in real life, in my daily conversations with people, Mm -hmm. you know, that I feel very comfortable talking to. But when you hear yourself played back in that type of a way, and it's just like, oh my God, am I really that boring? I really (laughs) that hard to listen to. The only challenge I think that show faced was um, most of the questions seem like, uh, how do you put up with Luke's this or, or yes. like, you know, trying to make you into some kind of martyr, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like people, I mean, understandably, but I think people have this impression that I'm just living in a real life episode of I Love Lucy, except I'm Ricky and Luke is Lucy. And it's just like a constant <laughs> <laughs> series of, oh, brother, you know, you've got some explaining to do, Luke. Is but, that not uh, true? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a little bit true i'm not gonna lie um but no it's not you know of course the stories that he tells on on the show are going to be the things that are a little bit more interesting and you know probably involve some of his you know personality quirks and the way he navigates the world but no that's not it's not tv tells a funny show because he's a flawed human being as are we all. And he's willing to talk about his flaws. So, you know, that's what people get curious about, but, um, and, and we're going to, um, talk to you about that. I, I should set the table here. We're going to interview Carrie here. Then, uh, Carrie has questions for us. And then I think both Carrie and Christy have an OPP have OPP questions, which we'll get to. I'm hoping not to talk about, um, the the house situation is I'm sitting in a completely empty <laughs> house uh, smells like paint and I have a long list of things to do while Emily takes Cullen back to college tomorrow. He, he ran out of steam. He was supposed to be here for all of spring break, but he did about three days of this moving stuff and, and decided he wanted to go. <laughs> he wanted to go back to school like four days early. Aww. So we've chased him home, but he did a lot of great work. Um, at the end, we'll tell you how to get involved. We'll do a little housekeeping. In which I, I think, Christy, tonight I want you to explain during housekeeping the archiving project to Carrie, just so okay. if if Luke ever gets curious about what's going on, <laughs> um, that that she'll be able to explain it to him. But uh, Carrie, the first time we met, actually the only time we met, I came out to the house in Port Townsend, and it happened to be it was a beautiful day, and we played with Rudy in the yard. And uh, it happened to be a day when your nutty neighbor who put up the um, the rope fence, quote unquote yeah. fence, to keep, yes. uh, not, I guess he liked Rudy, but to keep uh, Luke's family or, <laughs> or friends or wife from using his beach stairs, which were just a few feet uh, on his property. And you guys actually had to climb over. We didn't even go down to the beach because we would have had to climb over yeah. rocks. <laughs> Uh, to do so. So uh, I came out that day and I met you and uh, I think it was after, after Luke and I went out for lunch and he, Luke, I, I went back to Seattle and Luke went back to his office and did the show. And it happened to be that day that the neighbor uh, took Luke to task for his, I think it was his brother and Addie or something using the stairs to get to the beach the day before or something. And he said, and Luke mentioned on the show, he said that 
Luke using asking to use his stairs and using his stairs was like him asking to sleep with you. <laughs> yeah, and that's you you put it a little more politely than he said it, but yes. What? Well, well it, Luke said sleep with on the show. It was it was really more graphic than that? Not not terribly more graphic, but he just said it's like me coming and having sex with your wife in the middle of the oh night without asking. <laughs> oh, so not consensual. <laughs> Well, you know, that's up for interpretation, but yeah, he oh said something to the effect of it's, I think he started with, it's like me coming in your kitchen and, and then he stopped himself and said, it'd be like me coming in and having sex with your wife without asking. Uh, he went there really fast. Right. Yeah. Let me just say that. So he's obviously, he had obviously been giving it a lot of thought. <laughs> well, I hope not. Well, also you can't use the stairs, but you can have sex with them. Seems like a you big jump. That is a good point. That's a really good point, Christine. Um, yeah, that was a crazy thing. Uh, so it must have been that morning because I remember it was, yeah, I believe, in the, mor- the yep. morning time. And then so you came out in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, that was a little bit <clears throat> precarious. Go ahead. I'm telling you well, it's not, it's not often that I'm the... Uh, that I'm not the creepiest person in the vicinity of wherever I am. So it was an honor to actually be near that guy. Right. It really takes the pressure off. It really does. Is he registered with the state somewhere? You know, it, it, I think he works. We were told that he works for like the Washington State Ferry System. And I can't imagine. Then you got a state job. <laughs> or how he holds a job because he's just, he's honestly like a cornered animal. Uh, you know, that that interaction was not pleasant and it was a little eye-opening but i have to say in all my observations of him which were fairly limited we didn't really talk to him very often he he just reminded me of a scared child i never felt mm-hmm. afraid that he yeah. was actually going to do anything um you know and so it was just like somebody who was kind of more of a, a, a damaged person and yeah. probably lives his life in fear of most people <laughs> so he i don't know Threatens to have sex with their wife in the middle of the night. Asking I like the, I like the word threatens. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. All right. So a uh, couple other moments. You talked about during the family togetherness hour, the that Luke lent you his jacket at the wedding, and and that you know people have have said to Luke and said to you, well, you know, guys obviously trying to get with you if he does that, and yeah, that's true. It's very true. I think I said this on the show a couple of weeks ago. But that doesn't make it any less nice because who likes to be chilly? You know, you're giving up your comfort for a woman and she appreciates that. And now she's comfortable and she's seeing you being uncomfortable on her behalf. So you don't have to do anything with him. It's not like the neighbor. You don't have to sleep with him. You just enjoy his, you know, but also his you generous spirit. I think the mindset she had was he has a fiance. Exactly. So you don't think you're, you're not even thinking along those lines because either he has a fiance and he's trying to get fresh. So douche or, (laughs) or not even thinking about it. Like I'm cold. He's being nice. I understand where where you're coming from. Thank you so much for saying that. That's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, was in my single days, which, uh, at that time, I remember at that wedding, I think I had broken up with a long, term boyfriend about five days before. So I was in no universe, even in the mind space of thinking about dating somebody. But yes, historically speaking, when I was single and say a married person, like a a husband of one of my friends or somebody that I, you know, 
knew, one of my you know really really good friends where I knew there was no intention of a romantic you know end to this jacket lending story. Those were the times that I felt okay, you know, borrowing a sweatshirt mm-hmm. from someone on my right. softball team. Not, <laughs> not when it was a single guy. I think anytime it was somebody single, automatically I got paranoid about well. Sure. Or is, is there going to be some kind of expectation? Does right. this look funny to I see. People? So your misunderstanding made it easier for you to accept the gesture. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think when they're married people in an equation, it's much easier for you to interact with each other freely because there's not this weirdness surrounding yeah. it. Does this mean something? Where the where the wife is shivering in the corner while he's, <laughs> he's <laughs> handed his jacket to some other hottie. <laughs> but I think, you know, he was there with his daughter and Truth be told, I had heard someone ask him, you know, how's Vanessa? And he said, good, she's on a trip or something. And so, I mean, I really had every reason to believe this person was not having any sort of romantic designs on me. And I don't even think Luke actually did. He might have taken note of me as someone that interested him, but I don't, Mm -hmm. he didn't in any way show that outwardly. And it does kind of frustrate me because it's like, I'm not a, Ain't no dummy. It's not like I'm like, oh, I didn't know if he meant anything. But it's like if it's a single guy and you're a single girl. You got to be kind of on alert to some yeah. degree. But when you feel like because of the circumstances and the facts involved, sort of make that null and void, it feels a little safer. And right. also, by the way, I'm a person who's always freezing. I'm like a teeth chattering chihuahua, chihuahua <laughs> like half of my life. So it's happened on sure. occasion. So I think this is a a good transition to because because Luke at that time um seemed to be he was he was of course a a man in transition he had broken up with his girlfriend but he hadn't like made it public and he's a very public person yeah. so he was kind of in an awkward situation and may have been handling it a little awkwardly and that led th- this leads me to to another part where you had actually entered into a relationship with Luke you were you were, you know, I don't want to say hot and heavy because I don't know, but, <laughs> but y'all were a thing. And he was talking one time on the show about how uh, couples like to enjoy television shows with each other. Like Emily and I, we watched Downton Abbey, we watched Last Man on Earth, you know, and we have other shows that we watch when they're in season. And it's just a couple's thing that you do. And he said on the show that he hadn't been doing that because he didn't have a girlfriend. And- uh, you at that time you were listening to the show because you were what the intern for Frank Shire's The News Junkie. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because uh, she had a crush. Well, at this time, I oh, was you were the, dating him. Yeah, yeah, this is after they yeah. were dating. Yeah. yeah, and at this time, though, know, that Frank Shire's thing that was more circa two thousand seven ish. This is flashing forward. Okay, okay. Two thousand eleven, when I actually met Luke, I would say for real met him. There was uh-huh. that thing he described with station was you know yeah (laughs) so met him at the wedding in 2011 and i worked for this company called blackrock it's an investment firm and so i worked in uh, business operations so i was probably long lost in a spreadsheet somewhere listening to this podcast dbtl because yes we were full-on dating at the time and as you know kind of lame as it sounds i would listen to the show while i was at work because i missed him and i would think it's so sweet oh, this can tide me over till i see him you know later tonight for dinner i would like, totally do that if emily had a show i would listen to it while i was at work yeah so that's when i actually started listening to tbto on purpose and it, it it had the desired effect i would feel kind of close to him or i would at least know what he was doing at work that day or what they talked about and 
I was typing away one day and I remember hearing him say something about it like, yeah, well, I don't really have shows like that that I watch right now because I'm not in a relationship. What? Mm-hmm. Breaks on. I, stop the show. <laughs> Did you send a text? I, I felt like someone just punched me in the gut. I, was, I actually remember feeling oh, kind of That thick. is an awful yeah. feeling. Yeah, sort of like adrenaline and... Oh, geez. Did you guys hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It happens all the time. We love rich audio yeah. background. <laughs> Let me see if I can. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry. Anyway. So, I, yeah, I remember feeling pretty mad when I heard that. And then my next thought was, holy shit, like maybe. I had never really been in a relationship in my life where I had been cheated on or somebody was in any way shady or dishonest with me. So that wasn't a thing on my radar. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe he doesn't think we're dating and I do. And I look like a fool. You or know, did, you, did you think he might have uh, another girlfriend and another iron in the fire that he wanted to? Possibly. I, did, I didn't think so. Like everything in my spidey sense mm-hmm. told me it, that's not the case. But yeah. I had to at least explore that you know, as a possibility. I, I, I'm, you know, I often apologize for for guys and I will apologize. I want to apologize for Luke in this situation. I just, I want to give a perspective. I think he he's never, he's never been very good at, at, um, at being shady. You know what I mean? He's terrible at it. (laughs) You know, he's a terrible liar. (laughs) I, I think, um, he didn't want to, he didn't want to go into it at that time, you know, like, Yeah. yeah, but I mean, two things that should have been a, what do you call it? A salmon colored flag that these tens be a little crazy. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? That, oh yeah. And they're that's so why he didn't invested anything, in I'm his, sure. they're so invested yeah. in his life and things that happen that he was, he was nervous to talk about it. Absolutely. I remember, yeah. Having conversations about that and I totally understood. I yeah. absolutely was 100% felt for him. I knew the kind of predicament he was in because he felt really uncomfortable. I think it was one of those things, you know, you guys know Luke enough to know that if something's going to be uncomfortable or uh, he doesn't want to deal with it, he right. will put it off as long right. as humanly possible. <laughs> Did so that's he more he, or less come out after that with yeah. the relationship? So that I think was the real impetus for him to find, no, 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 no. He, he had, I believe he had let you all in on the fact that he and Vanessa were no longer together, even though it was about four months after it had actually yeah, like baby steps. <laughs> and yeah. I think what was probably going on in his mind was now this perception of the timeline. Yes. To suggest that I'm, I have a girlfriend that looks really soon that that would look a little bit. Ridiculous. Right. Yeah. It so, looks like I cheated. Yeah. Or even I hopped right from one mm. relationship to the next. Yeah. Either yeah. either one he's going to get judged about. Right. Exactly. So I totally understood the not wanting to talk about it thing. But when he said, I'm not in a relationship mm. after we had been together and introducing <laughs> each other as boyfriend yeah. and girlfriend, that was a, a, a little bit of a cover too far. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not the most validating so, moment you've ever had in a relationship, I'm sure. Yes. Oh. So we had a little discussion that evening in which I think he understood that that mm-hmm. it's a little disrespectful to me to yes. say some make an actual statement it's fine if you don't want to talk about the relationship that i understand i think the fact that it was on a show and not at a party means <laughs> means something you know like if you overhear your boyfriend saying oh no i'm not in a yeah right <laughs> it's all good let's yeah. get it on but you know i do remember him 
coming on the show after you must have had that talk. I don't know if it was the next day or days later. And I really thought that his m- apology about it was pretty good. Do you remember oh. it? No, I I must have not. Well, Christy, you you met them before yeah. this moment, yeah. right? So I so he had said we broke up, and then I think it was not even much longer. I met you guys at you were test driving a car. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I was buying a new car, and yeah. my friend who actually is a person that introduced me to TVTL is like, oh yeah, Luke Burbank's outside, and um, I was like, oh, I'll just go say hi, and he's like, ah, huh, this is my girlfriend Carrie, and I was like, oh, cool, and then. I hear him say, I'm not in a relationship. And I thought, oh, either they already broke up, which seems quick. Or they might be doing a Casper and Bethany thing, though. You never know. He, he might <laughs> right. have an actor friend that he's trying to get a car right. deal with. Or, something. <laughs> yeah. or he's or he's being a douche, like either one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well. But yeah, so he came on and he was just like, um, I, I, I mean, I probably can pull it from the archive and find it but he just said um i'm in a relationship and i think he changed his status even quickly <laughs> after that on a, on facebook and he said that's a good move right there yeah and he said you know i have this i wanted to be respectful of her and we're just oh. like we're we're pretty new and we want to get to know each other and um but like we wanted to have privacy but i need to be respectful of her and she wants to be Facebook official and so do I. And so I have to tell you guys because I talk about my life, you know, an hour to two hours a day. And that's when Carrie made about 5,000 new internet friends. <laughs> that's when the stalking happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That's yeah. That's when people were flipping through your pictures so fast. Oh goodness. Yeah. So, um, I want to talk about a, a sweet moment that, um, that happened. Uh, Luke, one day he comes on the show and he, he's like, I think he was like a little out of breath and he was starting a little late and Andrew wanted to know why. And Luke said that it, because he was replacing a towel rack um, at your place. So you told us in the chat about that. Can you tell yeah. us about that? Well, I think you, you would ask, Mike, you'd ask me the question, you know, was there like a moment when I kind of knew you know, Luke was the one, or well, there was a, was there a turning point? Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, it there it, it sounds silly, but it really was very. I mean, it was from like our surprise first date that I think we both kind of knew. In fact, Luke might kill me for saying this, but it was that night he said, "This is kind of a big deal," <laughs> and oh. he kept saying that to me, and I kind of felt it too. But I also didn't want to show my cards, so I just was like, "Man, maybe," but um, <laughs> <laughs> but. I remember early on in, in the, those days, one night he was going to go to a casino with the mummy and uh, DJ Tuna, his two best friends in the whole wide world. Sure. And they were going to go out to the casino and just be out all night and go into Crunk City, as they say. <laughs> and, uh, so you had more or less released him to to his night, his friends, you know, because yeah, you knew that stuff's important to him. Oh yeah. And I don't even think I saw him that day. It was just, it was a Friday night and he was going to just go spend it with them. And so I was going to get some things done. I was doing laundry and I um, was hanging out with my roommate and I was downstairs folding some clothes and around, I don't know, 10, 30, 11, I heard some commotion at the front door. (laughs) Commotion. (laughs) I like the sound of that. And we weren't expecting anyone. So I, is that 
Luke. Like I heard this voice and he comes stumbling down the stairs. My room was down in the lower level and he's just drunk out of his mind. But I honestly have to say, I was so happy to see him because I wasn't expecting to see him. And at that point in the mania of your dating relationship, you're just so psyched to be around each other all the time. And he just said, I just wanted to see you. I just, I didn't like, he was at a casino with these guys, which as you know, was like his favorite habitat, Mm -hmm. his favorite people in the world. (laughs) And he just left and just jumped in a cab and somehow navigated it to my house. And he just wanted to be with me. So I was like, that's really sweet. And I have to say like, to know how important that was to him and how much fun he has, you know, with those people and at casinos and drinking, the fact that he wanted to be there with me on a Friday night folding laundry was really kind of heartwarming in a weird way. How useful was he at the laundry folding? uh, Zero to negative. (laughs) I I love that he says that how he knew is when you brought pizza rolls over to his house. (laughs) (laughs) That hits home for a lot of guys. Don't laugh at them. Without even asking, you brought snacks. I mean... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and the bar is very low apparently that's wife but, material uh, right there yeah. speaking of bars so that the, the other part of that story was he was like i said pretty inebriated so when he went to use the, the bathroom and he kind of stumbled a little he ripped my towel rack out of uh-huh. the wall pretty significantly it was like a, a protrusion from the anchor <laughs> that was holding it in there and i didn't even get mad at that and that was another sign to me that it was just you know True love. Oh, Luke. <laughs> oh, Luke. Hello, Steve. I, I, I need to uh, teach him the trick of you just you lean your head against the wall while you pee. <laughs> that way you don't have to steady yourself with anything that can get ripped out of the wall. He would know by now. That's yeah, he, you would think. He's he's almost 40. When does that happen soon, right? Uh, Actually, April. Yes, you're right. And you know what happened yesterday? I realized I hadn't planned shit for that yet. Mm. So I went into hyper drive of he doesn't listen to this show so don't worry (laughs) (laughs) so i'm definitely trying to put something together well if we can be of any help we have a lot of resources here at lrb i've tom sawyer to an army of people (laughs) to do my bidding so (laughs) um also i remember he it was the first your first birthday he was saying oh i don't know what to get my girlfriend it's the first birthday and i immediately wrote to him and said uh, she has a December birthday and so do I. And I said, you do not wrap her present in Christmas wrap and get two separate gifts. Cause yes. he was thinking about like, maybe I combine them. Nope. <laughs> You're so right, Christy. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> but what, Christy, what? Sorry, Christy. What, what if someone like buys you a car or something? What if it is worthy of two gifts, you know? Well, no one's ever done that, Mike. So. <laughs> but i'm saying that would we'll that would make it okay right if it was <laughs> yeah. an amazing gift but i'm just saying first birthday that later on as a couple they can decide something else uh-huh. yeah you're right first birthday yeah you got to respect that december yes. i've met so many people with december birthdays lately mm-hmm. and they're all angry <laughs> well and i think some people um just have a hang-up about it and i did as a child and so i'm like you know, see, feel it out, feel the situation out uh-huh. first. You know, it's good advice. I, uh, my mom, I was born about I think a week, exactly a week before Christmas. So my mom was always, my parents were always very good about wrap, having a separate party that's just my birthday and wrapping those presents oh. in 
birthday wrap. So my whole life, I was lucky enough to at least have my parents do that. Yeah. Almost nobody else did yeah. it, but at least they did yeah. it. Yeah. So. so, and it's important. It means you're thinking about the person. So I've, yeah. As soon as I heard that, I sent the email as fast as I could. I don't even think I finished the show before I sent it off. And he just wrote, thanks. <laughs> um, that's super sweet. He got me a pair of slippers, um, by the way, in case you're wondering what the gift was. Was that good? It was interesting because I hadn't, I don't know. I hadn't meant, I didn't really wear slippers or mention that I was in the market for slippers. But uh, I guess what had happened was he was in LA and shooting something and it was a last minute decision before he got his flight home, before he boarded his flight home to pick me up something for my birthday. So I don't know why, but he went to Rodeo Drive, I guess, thinking, well, there might be something nice here. But what he quickly learned was everything there costs $9 right. million. But he was pretending to act as though he could actually purchase. Oh, that's very nice. It's a very nice necklace. <laughs> so I think he got the slippers at like a hotel gift shop or a Maybe an airport. No, <laughs> it's kind of. It was cute. that or the latest Tom Clancy. But you want to know something funny? I'm wearing them right now. See, Aww. it worked. <laughs> so I guess jokes on me. Um, but yeah. Uh, is there something else? Christy, did yes. did you have any other questions for Carrie? Or Carrie, is there anything else you want to get off your chest about no, uh, TBTL? Yeah. Or because you know we're we're ready for your questions whenever you're ready. I don't think there's anything I need to get off my chest, but I actually am, you know, I don't want this to be all about, you know, I know that <laughs> obviously this is a podcast about Luke's podcast. Yeah. So I understand the, the, quest, the questions, but I'm interested in, and I bet you your listeners are interested in knowing how for each of, of you guys in your respective relationships, like the moment that you knew that Emily was the one or that Jeremy was the one or like, what was that turning point for you guys? Did you have a towel rack moment? <laughs> Christy, um, <laughs> you're about to get married. Yeah. Why don't you go first? Oh gosh. I, I can't, I don't know if I can place it because it was a lot of, um, Oh no, he's not dateable material. Oh no. Can't date him to, he was a mess. He, oh, he was an absolute yeah. mess. Yeah, I I really didn't disapprove of Jeremy. I knew Christy before, um, or right about when she met Jeremy, and I did not approve no. of this guy. It was pretty terrible. I mean, he was like going through a crazy custody battle. We both met. I mean, I had met, and he had just broke up with the mother of the baby like three weeks before. Um, he was drinking heavily. Like everything was terrible, and I'm just like, oh, he's fun fun friend and I don't know I can't think of the moment when I decided I don't know just that I mean kind of similar to what Carrie said is that I missed him when he wasn't around I guess and then when I saw that he started to grow and improve who he was and maybe just the love that he has for Ellie was um mm -hmm. pretty cute well uh, one moment that really stands out to me with Emily was it was pretty early in our relationship and I used to travel a little bit for work and I was in, I was in the Memphis airport and it was a layover. And I think I said, I just texted her and I think I said long distance information and, and she finishes it. Give me Memphis, Tennessee, which is a, uh, <laughs> yep. 
an old song and a song that I really like. And, and, you know, Emily is really into music and it was just, I don't know. It was a moment where like, I thought I could be with this person yeah, forever, you know, just we're on the same page. Yeah. I, I have just a quick question. So Carrie, you came from a pretty normal, normal family. Um, I think you just have one brother. Actually, I have a brother and a sister. Okay. And just very, very normal, right? And then you married into the Burbank clan. Oh, yeah. How crazy was that? <sighs> it's, I, there's never a dull moment. I will say that. There's never a dull moment. David uh, is the only one that you're in danger, that's in danger of hearing this. And he's cool with everything, oh. so. I love Davey. I tell him this all the time. He's my favorite Burbank. Um, (laughs) He's our favorite too. (laughs) Yeah. He's the, he's seriously the best. Um, On one hand, it's actually been really kind of great because my family is, they're just, they're, they're the best, but they're very low key Mm -hmm. and kind of go with the flow and there's just not, it's, yes. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's nice because they're very consistent and there's not a lot of drama, but it can can be boring at times. Mm -hmm. And, there's, like I said, never a dull moment with the Burbank clan. And it's nice to have both, right? And I mean, having Susie Burbank for a mother-in-law, it's it's the best of both worlds because <laughs> she's not my mom. So I don't have some of the right. same with her as kids do. I think she's just highly entertaining and I love talking to her. So it's it works out well for Were you me. there when she brought the discount Gogurt? to the was it the thanksgiving easter, easter. easter meal she, they were just here like a week ago and she brought a bunch of woohoo things that are still in my refrigerator um I, i'm still eating that hummus though so again jokes on me. they were probably expired the moment she brought them in so you might want to toss those fire those directly into the trash but like i mean just him growing up where he barely went to school or went to this crazy christian high school it's just so different from your life. Yeah, I will say I, I love all his. I love his family dearly, and I love his. I love that I now have a bunch more brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that if you look around the family and you see who who is married into it, so the spouses of <laughs> a couple of his sisters, and then me, um, we tend to be a bit more similar. Yeah. In personality than the Burbanks, and I re- I remember at our wedding reception when Susie was up doing karaoke. I think she was singing "Stand by Your Man," which is one of her go tos. And I looked. I was holding a glass of wine. I happened to just look. I was looking around the room of all these people I love, and I looked over at my brother in law Josh. And I just we locked eyes for a second. He looked at me, and I looked at him. We just raised our glasses to each other as if to say, "Like here yep, we go." You're, you're in the, you're part of the family. We now. chose this. <laughs> we chose this. Yep. <laughs> it's just this knowing look of like, yep. Yep. That's great. <laughs> Carrie, did you have any other questions for us? Questions? Well, I guess, you know, you guys are obviously longtime listeners of TBTL and, and clearly big enough fans that you eventually wanted to go on to starting. <laughs> podcast about a podcast christy's idea you can just call us nerds it's okay (laughs) at what point in time did you go from you know hearing this show on the radio or i don't know maybe mike i don't know if you heard it as a podcast first but 
what was the turning point of being a casual listener to somebody who was <clears throat> enough of a fan that you would eventually go on to start the little run? I, I will go first on this one. <clears throat> um, I'm friends with, I went to college with, I was in a frat with Bill Radke. Uh, and when I was in prison, Bill would share the letters that I wrote uh, to Bill um, about, and mostly it was just BS about sports or whatever. So Bill would share them with John Moe and Luke. And after I got out, I think I was still on probation. Um, we all went to a baseball game together and Luke, I think was sitting in front of me and we were hitting it off a little bit or whatever. And I not even sure if he knew who I was, that I was that prison guy or whatever, but anyway, I think he figured it out later and about a week or two after uh, TBTL started, I had no idea it was on. And my friend from, from LA, Dave, who's also a friend of Bill's, sent me a message saying, did you know Luke Burbank has a show on Cairo from 7 to 10? I said, no. And I started listening. And immediately I started listening to the whole show every night. I would, when I was at work, I would DVR the show because we had radio stations on the Comcast um system that I was on. So I would come home and then I would um, listen to the show. And I think it may have been about a month after I started listening to the show. I think I wrote in and, and he figured out who I was. Because uh, I wasn't using my whole name. I was using like Drew McFrizz. And he was like, well, I only know one person with frizz in his name. So, <laughs> <laughs> And it was obviously my tone, right? <laughs> right. So um, and then I went to the first, not the first get together, but, um, I went together to a get together at the nightlight, which may have been like the hundredth show or something like that. And I brought gifts for, uh, Luke, Jen and Sean and Jamie and just had a good time interacting with, with everyone. And I was just kind of all in from that point. Um, and it does mean a lot to me because not only have have I been entertained because I think Luke's really funny and probably one of the sweetest people I know. Um, it's it's given me my whole life, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm married because of TBTL, so you know I'm getting a little teary now. So yeah. I'll let Christy talk. But that's <laughs> that's been my relationship with the show. And when Christy came to me with this idea to do this show, she meant for me to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I said, no, no, <laughs> no, I, you're doing it too. So that's, I, so I can answer that last part for Christy. <laughs> I made her do this show. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for making her do this show. Um, so mine, I guess is similar. My brother-in-law, we have zero in common and, he would always say, oh, you have to listen to this show. And I'm like, nope, it's on a sports radio channel, a conservative talk radio, not listening to it. And um, he tricked me one day to listen to it. I was at their house for dinner. He's like, just listen. And he plays it. And instantly I was hooked. And then then we just became great friends because that's what we talked about. Did you hear what Luke said today? We were texting all the time or um, emailing. And then I went to the first baseball game and had my first in-person interactions with them and I just loved Jen um and I had a huge crush on Sean 
<laughs> and so just it was just like I found my people and I was going through kind of a terrible breakup and a terrible part of my life and so it just felt like I had friends in my ears all the time um three hours a day at that point and then I think I've never missed a meetup since then and then we would have what I call unsanctioned meetups with a which is just hey tens want to come do this or whatever we tried to get together once a month and then that's how I met Jeremy is at one of these meetups so I mean I'm about to get married because of TBGL as well yeah. Gosh. wow <laughs> well you know what I just realized in a weird way I think all three of us ended up married well right. almost we're married to the people because of TBTL because yep. I was friends with Sean and I think somehow uh, yeah because of tbtl that's how he was invited to the wedding right. that we all we were at it was a band a guy from a band that had been on tbtl that was getting married who was it tony yeah it was tony oh he he they yeah. played at our at mine and emily's wedding he played Seriously? that night. yeah oh my god that's so oh my they gosh played, now uh... they need to play at mine yes <laughs> yes i think he has a new band now but yes he lives in bellingham do you know that he oh yeah, now? they're from they were yeah. from Anacortes, right? So that's yeah. not far. He lives in Bellingham now. He has a new band. Um, that's really. I I have a question about um the 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 wedding date with Sean, and it's nothing nothing personal. I just <laughs> what was his wardrobe? Did he wear a <gasps> denim vest? Oh, what did Sean wear? I I believe he wore. I think it was like a brown suit, and I I want to say that he, it, the vest was, was like a vest. Red. Red leather vest. Yeah, right. There's always a vest. The reason I asked this is because someone said that he had worn a uh, denim vest to the to the wedding. I didn't really believe that, but I, I've seen him in a denim vest before. And denim vest is a sore point with me because the first time I met Emily was at the first TBTL book club, and I I tried to get her to like go on a date the next morning, the next day, and she denied me. And she still claims that she was busy and had to work or whatever. But uh, when I found out later that um, she thought I was wearing a denim vest at the book club. <laughs> With I, cargo shorts, right? I don't oh. know what the pants were. But... It's a double threat. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but, uh, but I was like, okay, well, if you really thought I was wearing a denim vest, you can drop this. I had to work in the morning thing right. because I would have understood. <laughs> right. Sam nice. and color flag. Yeah. Right. And, it, and I have to just clarify this is probably from my own neuroses, but if anyone thinks there's any chance that like Sean and I were on a romantic date, like I said, we've been friends for years and 99% of that time I was with someone. So, or, you know, we would meet up as buddies. Like he would oftentimes have a girlfriend. And, and so it was, I cannot even stress how much that I love Sean to death, but it was very much a friend. Situation. You said you'd broken up with your boyfriend about five days before the yeah. wedding. Were you planning to go to that wedding with your boyfriend? No, it was, this is kind of a silly thing, but in my you know younger days, whenever I would become single, I always, you know, you off all of a sudden have a bunch more free time on your hands that you would normally be spending binge watching, you know, TV shows. And stuff, <laughs> right, right, with and, your significant other. Yeah. So suddenly you know, your Fridays and Saturday nights are not necessarily spoken for. So I would always do this thing where anything people invited me to, I would just say yes and just go to every policy, accept every invitation and, mm-hmm. and 
I think Sean and I were catching up over beers at this place in Fremont that Wednesday. And he said, I got to go to this wedding on Friday and, you know, not dating anybody. Would you just want to go with me just because it's probably be fun? It's, you know, this guy, Tony, who's really great. And I was like, sure, why not? It's up in my old stomping ground. So that's really how that. And but like I will say, Luke and I to this day have said, what if I wouldn't? What if that conversation mm-hmm. didn't happen? What if I didn't go to that wedding with Sean? Well, l- let me take that opportunity then to talk about what might be an alternative universe. <clears throat> what if TBTL had not been canceled and you had become the intern on that show? <laughs> uh, what do you ever think about what? or fantasize about what that what yeah, that would have happened? I, Were you with someone then? Uh, yes, I was, mm. and. The also Luke and I, I forget which one of us posed that question to the other. What if that's how we would have met? And he said we would ne- not be together because he has a very strict don't date don't, people would, at work. Yes, mm-hmm. it's it's not even a policy. It's just something in him feels very gross about the idea of especially yeah. intern hosts relationships. Yes, yeah. it's not just the working thing, but it's also yeah. there's a the power dynamic. He would have probably stayed away with a 10 foot pole if that had been the case you okay know? so we're happy with the we, you waited a little bit but it i would... mean the jury's still out a little on my opinion of if it's if <laughs> but, uh-huh. what do they say yeah. the five five year hump or seven year itch we'll get back seven. to you <laughs> <laughs> five say... year hump that sounds <laughs> ominous <laughs> <laughs> i don't want that Lumi. we just passed five years so thank god there you go congratulations mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, but I do, you know, for all the stuff that Luke talks about on TBTO, and a lot of the times when people come up to me at events, they'll just be like, how do you put up with him? Or you know, <laughs> like you said, the questions are often, what, you know, what did you think about that time when he secretly bought a boat or <laughs> oh, other God, time when he did something that was insensitive or, um, and yeah, that is, that, that happens a little more frequently than I would like in an mm. ideal situation, but I, I do want to point out that, you know, Luke does a lot of really sweet stuff too. He is a very thoughtful person and, you know, like he w- went to Minnesota this week to do all this, host this show out there and do a TBTL event. And, uh, you know, I find like the first night he's gone, there's a note under my pillow that's Aww. really sweet or, you know, there's a lot of little things over the years he's done. But I'm sure he doesn't talk about on TBTL because, you know. Well, he doesn't want to look like he's, you know, he's bragging about what a great boyfriend and now husband he is, you know. Yeah. And so I just want to make a point to to note that. It's all right for you to brag on it. (laughs) I mean, I, yeah, I just wanted to, I could give specifics if you care, but I just wanted to point that out that it's. No, I I believe you. Like I said. I'm living in one state of a constant you know, exasperated sigh. <laughs> right. He's a very explain. sweet, thoughtful guy who cares about what people think about him. And I'm sure in a relationship, that's, that's a good thing too. If you're constantly, you know, thinking about, you know, what's Carrie going to think of me yeah. if I am a jerk, you know? Yeah. So, well, because he's so sweet, um, I think everyone kind of knows that. So when he does these things like buying a boat, you're just like, it's so out of character but not at the same time (laughs) yeah so it's just like it just makes it even a bigger craziness yeah it's i honestly there's not a whole lot he could do that would really really surprise me like if he came and told me some i'd just be like 
okay, like I'm almost just going to action mode of like, okay, what do we need to do? About this? <laughs> like, what, You're a problem yeah. solver. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, nothing would surprise me, but I think, you know, as you guys probably experience in your own relationships over time, you learn how to, uh, come a little bit more each other's direction or navigate the relationship in a way that is, I don't know. Well, I and think sometimes you you realize that as upset as you might be, it's not going to be productive. You know, right. you have to put it up aside and say, okay, well, what are we going to do about these four boats? <laughs> Every time Mike talks about the boats, they get more and more and bigger and bigger. <laughs> they're multiple. And they're like gremlins. They Once they hit water, they're just, we have a fleet. He's he's gonna pull in a, pull a yacht into into the bay there, and it's just gonna be a nesting doll of boats. The the <laughs> yacht will come off, and then there'll be a smaller yeah. yacht, and then oh, no. finally it's down a to a rowboat. Fleet of yeah, nesting boats. Honestly, wouldn't surprise me. I just I just thought of the phone call when he was on the east coast and said, "I lost my passport and I can't get on the plane." And you probably just said, "Yep, that sounds about right." <laughs> Pretty much. Almost exactly how that conversation happened. Like, okay, well, when do you think you're going to be back? Just let me know when you're near Montana and I'll start right. <laughs> planning for your arrival. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you pick your battles, right? Yes. There are times where, you know, it's not as though I'm always, well, I think I am pretty easygoing and I do think he gets away with a lot, but there are most certainly times where, no, I think I take a lot and then I hit a certain point. Well, you, you say that you're easygoing and that you put up with a lot, but his lifestyle has been way more under control since he met you. Oh, for sure. Than it was before. So there has to be something that you're giving off or something, you know, not okay. necessarily they're saying, Luke, you're not going out again, you know, but you're giving off something that makes him want to invest more in your relationship. I hope that's true. And, and honestly, I can't even imagine what he was like. So when I met him, he was already in therapy mm -hmm. and he had already sworn off ever being in a bar fight again. So I met him at that Good point, policy. which was a pretty, you know, in, in terms of the, the timeline of, of Luke's antics or personal growth was already kind of on the upswing. Yeah. Right. Um, Can you imagine? But even it's come a long way since then. I'll say that. Yeah. So I met Jeremy when he was mid having bar fights i mean he didn't literally have bar fights but <laughs> right <laughs> and i mean yeah luke has definitely definitely grown i mean just listen to about 10 of the radio shows <laughs> <laughs> i should do that sometime yeah. you know what's crazy is uh my life was completely out of control for the first you know uh, actually I, I don't want to say for the first 27 years but from about 14 years old to about 27 years old and I never got in a fight. So I Do you it must think it's just the way you're wired you have you know the impulse just doesn't strike you the same way. You know I I think I am wired differently because my parents fought constantly. So now whenever anyone even raises their voice I'm looking for ways to defuse the situation no matter yeah, how sense. drugged up or fucked up I was yeah. I was always like nope we got to calm this shit down but every one of Luke's fights I'm not condemning fights or whatever but or condoning um was him protecting a friend mm -hmm. if you think about that so he just 
was overprotective and would go from zero to punch. Yeah. Yeah. And usually that friend is like, why'd you do that? Yeah. Right. Like super embarrassed. Like, hey. Right. That's not a situation we wanted. That's much like, it's very true, I think, in a lot of the things Luke does that he has good intentions. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, sticking up for a friend in a bar came from a good place of you're not going to treat my friend this way or talk to them this way, but still there might have been a better way of handling it. Of course. <laughs> of course there is. So You know what's funny is, I don't know why I just thought of this. I remember when we were really early on dating, I think we were actually sitting in a Red Robin in federal way or something don't ask me why and he said you know one of the things I really like about you is you have a really finely tuned bullshit meter yes (laughs) and I mean at the time my literally my job was working in operational due diligence Mm -hmm. um, doing background checks on potential fund managers so he was probably not wrong Um, but it it's funny because you know Luke does get up to a lot of antics and I don't know if maybe that's one of the things that was appealing was to think that maybe, I don't know. He was ready. The calming force. I I think I had his number and I think he knew that. Yeah. And maybe there's some kind of a weird draw. Well, I think so too. In in my life, the women that, that I'm closest to, my closest friends and my wife are all like no bullshit women. Like Christy's no bullshit. Meredith is no bullshit. My wife is no bullshit. And I need that because I'm all bullshit. <laughs> if if I if I surrounded myself with people who put up with my bullshit, it would be all bullshit all the time. And that's no fun for anybody, including me. It's like when a kid gets away with everything, they're miserable. Right. No more bullshit from anyone. And that includes me. <laughs> that line from the that Winnebago man. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Christy, I mean, you have, we have other people's problems now. Let's yep. stop talking about Luke. We, we okay. have our own issues to deal okay. with. You have a, you have an OPP and I think Carrie does too. What I do, do you have? I have an OPP for Carrie because someone sent it to me and I don't, I don't know how to answer it. And because it's a wedding question and you guys, I mean, it's been what, three years now? Two, mm-hmm. three. Yeah. So it seems so recent, but it's three years ago. Um, okay. So I got this question. Um, a listener is having a dilemma that they didn't, they had no intention of inviting this person to their wedding, but they're just, you know, acquaintances or used to be close friends. And this person just invited them to their wedding. Mm. So now, and it's before. Right. So do, do, are they obligated to invite them? The answer is no, but obviously this is a thing easier said than done yeah. in practice. Um, what I would be interested to know are the terms of each of these weddings. For example, if the person who's asking this question, if they're having a smaller wedding, maybe it's only family and really close friends, there's a way to navigate that. In fact, that's exactly what we did, um, where if everyone knows it's just a very small affair, then it, nobody can feel offended because almost everybody was excluded. Right. <laughs> right. If, if Uncle <laughs> Steve wasn't even invited. Exclude you know. everyone. Exactly. I like it. Yes. 
Um, but if it's a, a rather large wedding, like let's say you're inviting, I don't know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 100, 200 people. Or as Jeremy did, everyone within the sound of his voice, didn't he? <laughs> oh, Carrie, he invited, he's told everyone the time and the date and the location of our wedding and said they can feel free to come. If they bring who's, 50 bucks or is it 100? I was going to say, who's paying for this? <laughs> I think once we met with them and they told us a per head count, he was like, <laughs> oh, huh. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well then, um, yeah. So I think if it's if if you're having a, a rather sizable wedding anyway, what's the harm in inviting one more couple? Like, yeah. really, that would be my approach. Maybe that's a little bit of a chicken shit approach, but I, I would think, well, they're inviting me to theirs. Eh, okay, fine. But if it's a smaller wedding, I I just say stick to your guns. If you feel like you need to explain, just let them know that it's just you know, very close family and, and a couple of friends and I don't know, take them to lunch. I have okay. a question, uh, Christy. Uh, is, is this a flawed relationship in some way, or is this a friend that you, you know, if, if money were no object, you would definitely want them there. They're just not, they're just not friends anymore. Oh, yeah. not just acquaintances. Type yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the friendship is on the down slope. It's yeah. uh, it's faded. Um, Carrie, I have a question. Are we allowed to not invite our parents to our wedding? Ooh. No, no. I don't know. I don't know what your relationships are with your parents, <laughs> but I'm gonna still say no. Damn, you've got to invite them. We currently have so um, you know me and Jeremy. We both have moms that are crazy, and my best friend is also getting married. And her mom's crazy. And so we actually have a point system of whenever we'll just text and say, my mom got a point today. And whoever wins, I, I guess you lose if you win. But <laughs> <laughs> so that's been kind of, that's keeping us a little sane to be able to laugh together. At Let me ask you this. What is your fear? What, it, what are you worried that might happen if they're invited? Oh, I mean, we can't not invite them, but there's just... a Jello dish that Christy's mom makes that <laughs> I find almost life threatening. She won't. <laughs> My oh, so actually, what we're doing is getting married in a tiny little ceremony um, in a few weeks, and just is that the first time you said that on I, the show, Christy? Maybe, maybe. Okay. Um, and just very tiny, no more than twenty people, because then we have to get a permit, and we're cheap. Um. And we just wanted to be very intimate and small. And uh, we told just those people like, hey, this is coming. And my mom instantly said, oh, great. Your uncle and aunt will be in town so they can come. No, no. <laughs> they don't even make the top 100. And oh, wait, hold on. I have to ask a question to Jeremy. Can I talk about um, so this is one of the things that Jeremy's mom did today. On Saturday, she was, she cornered me and started grilling me about my dress. Like, what color is it? What does it look like? Um, so I showed is her it white. <laughs> is it white? <laughs> is it traditional? Are you going to wear a veil? Like the whole thing, right? And um, I said, no, it's gray. It's T-length. Um, here's a picture. And today we heard from Jeremy's sister that his mom was buying a gray T-length dress to wear to the wedding. Oh, my God. Do we do oh. that? <laughs> Jeremy doesn't see anything wrong with it. He's like, well, I wouldn't care if my dad wore the same color suit as me. 
Uh, it's not Jeremy, the same, right? He's such a lamb. He's such an innocent. He's so innocent. Is it too late to just tell him you were going to wear like the Technicolor dream coat? I know, so right? Well, like, find one of those to wear. Luckily, Jessica saved the day and said, no, inappropriate. You cannot wear the same color and the same style of dress send as her, the bride. Tell her, tell her that uh, you've chosen your dress, a new dress, and send her a picture of Tina Turner in Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> And then, then she'll buy that, and then you can wear your normal dress. And <laughs> then you got her. But this is good. You have somebody who's, you know, Point. sounds like a, a normal yes. who's running interference. So that's that's your ticket. You just need to keep this person. Yes, for sure. She's a savior. But yeah. and then my sister's keeping track of my mom. But all of it is like these are the people we're dealing with. Yeah. Well. It's probably not going to get any easier for, you know. Yeah, that's true. Well, the remainder of your married life anytime that they're going to be involved. So I would love to have a Susie Burbank who just decides to <laughs> sing crazy karaoke or bring me discount expired food. Here, here's my unasked for advice. And it's coming from a place of going through this move when, you know, Emily is going through chemo and, and I've got a bad foot and I'm, you know, I'm still trying to work. And um, I just think we signed a contract to move into that new home. We we're going through all this and it's miserable, but it's all going to be over in like May, no matter what it'll be over. So no matter what happens with your wedding, you know, I, I know this is a very romantic way to look at it. It'll all be over at the beginning of August and you can tell everyone to, Fuck the fuck off yeah. at that point. I could not have put it better myself, Mike. Does that make you feel good, Christy? Yes, it does. You'll stop having those anxieties, anxiety attacks, panic attacks. After You'll stop the, your teeth. After, after the, at least the first hump, once the wedding ceremony is done, yeah. it goes without a hitch, then maybe the panic attacks will stop. Yeah, I hope so. But that's, I mean... Mike, that is actually really good advice because the thing is that whether you are stressed out about it or you're not stressed out about it, the same thing's going to happen, right. right? So you might as well just, like I said, if you can have somebody that can mitigate as many disasters as possible, great, enlist them to do so. But yeah. as Luke would say, at some point you have to release desire on, you know, attempting to control the outcome you know, yeah, and just try to enjoy the experience as much as you can. And it and makes great stories after. It does. Sure. It does. Your mom is never going to stop drinking box wine out of her trunk. Mm -hmm. Jeremy's <laughs> mom is never going to stop trying to make you a Christian. Yep. It's just these things are in place, and how you feel about it is up to you. Yep, that's true. I just observed that to you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for that Carrie, testimony. <laughs> you have a question for us. Well, let me. I have a double question because the first one is I don't listen to TBTL enough to know truly the definition of what OPP is, is I know that listeners will, will write an email in with a question, but is it, what's the true basis of an OPP question? Cause I may have gotten this wrong already. <laughs> Other people's problems. So it can't be a problem I'm having. Sure. Yeah, you're no you're reason. yeah. Because people me and write Christy in, and you're an other person. So yeah, you okay. can... well, and that's you the are... thing is people will write in. So it's other people's problems to Luke and Andrew. Yeah. Okay, so this is going to be to you and Mike. Okay. Um, 
So as you probably know from listening to TBTL, Rudy is not always the most well-behaved dog uh, when she's out in the wild. And (laughs) it was a major point of stress when we lived in Port Townsend because there were a lot of elderly people roaming around that she would sometimes, you know, try to jump on or greet a little too uh, enthusiastically. Well, Bellingham, we have this park that is, it's actually just a park, but it's an off-leash dog area. So it's this beautiful place with a well-manicured pathway and fields and beach access and all these things. So when I first came here last summer uh, with Rudy, it was just like the best because she could be off-leash and everyone who was there was not over 80. And they were really great with, you know, dogs being dogs. And, and, you know, if they got jumped on, it was no big deal. So this was, I took her there twice a day. It was like the best, the best thing to do for her. It was an enjoyable experience. Well, flash forward to at the end of last fall, I took her there one day, like we did. And there was a couple that was walking through maybe in their sixties. And she went over to sort of greet the man and probably brushed up on him a little bit. And he got very angry. And so I quickly put her leash on her and apologized. And he said, swear alert. He said, that's really fucked up. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm really sorry. And he said, I'm recovering from knee surgery or hip surgery or something. And I just kept profusely apologizing. I felt so bad. And I just put her on her leash and walked in the other direction. And it really like affected me. And, uh, I went to that park just yesterday to let Rudy go get some of her wiggles out. And I had this like PTSD mm-hmm. experience of maybe I shouldn't do that. What if there's a person in here who she might jump on that doesn't want her to jump on them and is going to react in that same way. But here's the thing I thought when that experience happened originally was you're recovering from knee surgery. Do you know what a great place or a great place to recover from knee surgery is? Not an off-leash dog park, right. but anywhere other than an off-leash dog park. But then I didn't want to be like Luke Burbankian about it mm-hmm. and put it on them. Like it's their problem. They're walking through this park. It doesn't mean a dog is allowed to jump on them. Thoughts? No, it's an off-leash park. He's in the wrong. That's a place for dogs to go and be crazy. Yeah. I go to an off-leash dog park several times a week. Um, when the weather's good, I go almost every day. And, you know, I get jumped on by dogs. It's it's a thing that happens there. I mean, not everyone's dog is that well behaved. And in fact, the little uh, chubby dachshund that we have, if you have treats, she'll jump on you as well. And there's not that much I can do about it. I guess we could, you know, do a lot more training or whatever. But I mean... That stuff is going to happen. That's why I always wear my denim vest and my cargo shorts to the dog park because I don't want to worry about my clothes getting ruined. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah. I just I, uh, that was kind of what I thought, but I needed a little nope validation. Yeah. It's like yeah. if you're and allergic will... to garlic, to go to an Italian restaurant. No, yeah, go somewhere yeah. else. There's I can't plenty stand of parks. it when dogs are super friendly with me, so I'm going to go to a crowded dog park. Yeah, that's right. where I'm going. No. no, that makes no sense. There's tons okay. of parks in Bellingham to walk around. Exactly. This was my thought, but I just didn't want to, I, I was worried that I was, I don't know. Well, if you go to the dog park a lot, you get to be kind of this 
almost tight knit community of people that don't really know each other's names. You just all know each other's dog's names or whatever. And it was a while back and there was a guy uh, who just, he just sits in a chair at the dog park and his dog is horrible. And his dog will just, it's the worst dog in the park and it fights with other dogs. And of course it jumps on people. And um, it, when, when someone throws a ball or a stick, he tries to get it and, and, you know, fights with the other dog about it. And he pays no attention. He just, just regales with stories. And, and he sounds like the gayest man I've ever heard. And one day he's telling his story, his dog's being really awful. He's telling a story and he says, well, my wife says, and we all looked at each other. <laughs> what? And, and some people even mouthed it. His <laughs> Record wife, scratch. His wife? Because, and and I'm, the women were thinking, who would get with this guy? And the guys were going, he's straight. I can't <laughs> believe it. <clears throat> so the dynamics of the dog park, I don't know how much you go, Carrie, but it can get pretty crazy. Like they, there are some humans there that are much crazier than their dogs and much more poorly behaved usually. Yeah, I've definitely experienced that at various places before this one has been luckily it's been very i've been surprised at how cool the people are and the dogs are generally pretty friendly i think it's just a certain type of people that tend to come there the dogs are well socialized and the people don't really get too uptight about much so that's why it kind of ruined it when we ran into old man jenkins well emily um has ptsd and she won't go to the dog park because the dogs we had before these they were, you know, rambunctious and they did a lot of interacting with the other dogs. The dogs we have now, not as much interested, but you know, there was an incident and, um, you know, some, some words get exchanged or whatever. And she's just not that person. She just doesn't want to get involved in that. And she, she stopped taking them to the dog park. This was before I even met her. And then once we got together, I took those dogs to Marymore park and, in. Redmond and to the dog park here in Austin and they're great but it doesn't take much to really like put you off as a person yeah to that experience and so so I know Emily feels you on that yeah it's it's weird and you know that in that case it wasn't even about the dogs but I have been in or observed situations where people it's they see their dog as an extension of themselves so if you even oh right yes Mm -hmm. their dog is you know, doing something inappropriate or should, you know, they should yeah. maybe tend to them. It's like, you're yeah, you've offended them. Attacking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a question. Have you gone to Rudy's pizza in Bellingham yet? No, I have driven by there. And I, I think Luke, did he talk about this on the show? I think he might've gone there. Uh, maybe I've got that wrong, but I think he said he went there one time when I was out of town and it wasn't sometime after six. I'm sure. Is it, (laughs) is it not good? Because it was a place in Bellingham that's right outside of the strip of bars that stayed open till two and they had $5 pizzas. So it could be terrible, but it's great. (laughs) My memories are delicious. It's probably fine. It's just, you know, how you develop your, uh, you know, your kind of favorite pizza go-to spots. It, it yeah, might have I, that uh, hot dog cream cheese appeal in yeah. Pioneer Square or whatever, you know. Did you say pod dog? Uh, pod, pod dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always, um, I would get a potato barbecue 
uh, calzone with bar- or barbecue sauce, potatoes, and cashews. Damn it. Now I'm hungry and all the food's been packed. <laughs> God damn it. What about potato burritos at Casa Que Pasa? We have not gone there yet, and I know we have to. I know. It's one of those. You know, Carrie, the whole world's out there in 3D. You should uh, <laughs> think about going out there and enjoying some of it rather than just staying inside and playing video games all night. <laughs> in my, my damp, moldy basement. No. Uh, well, no, I think. We're not getting into your home repairs tonight. I, I don't no. want to bring you down, and especially because I'll just start looking around here. No, I have to say, I am. I've hit the point. I know when I was on the togetherness hour, I was still a little bit not able to feel excited about Burbank Springs because I, you know, it's mm-hmm. still too soon. But I have to say, I am really settling in nicely and having these moments of really enjoying this house and loving our kitchen and. It's I've beautiful. Obsessed with making food, and uh, it, we were on such a hot streak there of eating out for months and months and months that I really got in the habit of that. That I almost didn't want to start cooking, but now it's I've gone fully in the other direction. I, I think it's it. kind of the same thing because, like, yeah, um, before Emily got sick, we did a lot of takeout and did a lot of eating out, and then when she got sick, I started cooking a lot. And I got as like into that as I did going out. Yeah. Yeah. You go full home kitchen on it. Yeah. It's yeah. Nice. We have a great kitchen. You know, we, we, we can do this. Yeah. I know. There's something very rewarding about it too. When you make, you know, you put forth the effort to plan and to go get the items and then you make it. And when it turns out for us, the bar is very low. If it just turns out okay, that's <laughs> if it's best. edible. Yeah. But when it turns out good, you feel like, you know, a real American hero or something. I've had a couple of failures though that that really? just disheartened me so much, and hmm. it, and I knew where I went wrong, and I just it sticks with you. And one dish I just I haven't found it in my heart to remake, even though I knew I know I could remake it and make it good. It just I was traumatized by making a horrible meal and then watching her try to eat it and be a good sport. That's that's the worst. <laughs> And then you do the thing where you, you're constantly apologizing or saying, I should have, you know, I, I should have put the, 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 the salt, more salt in, yeah. uh, but I didn't because, and you're trying to explain. Right. Right. And they're trying not to make a face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I think uh, we've, we've come to more or less a, a stop on this, but housekeeping, Christy, Yes. Can you explain the archive project to Carrie? So Luke, sure. um, at, when, whenever he wants to find out about it, he'll at least have a trusted <laughs> news source. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how much you were familiar with the mynorthwest.com site, but it had a um, pretty janky but still functional keyword search. So I could put in bank robber and it would pull up all of Mike's um episodes or anytime whoever wrote that description of that podcast anytime bank or robber was in there and then you could find those episodes quickly and i sort when of resent they... the, the what you're using here is <laughs> <laughs> and uh i mean but it was limit so you had to think what do you think luke or sean or whoever or the intern wrote about that episode so you'd have to kind of do hit or miss but there was also a calendar function so if you knew I want to listen to September 9th, 2008, go right to it. And, Mm -hmm. um, 
they were still putting all the episodes on my Northwest until they moved over to um, America, American public media. So also another thing that I found out from silent Nick is that when a show would end, when the radio show would end, it would be 10 o'clock at night and they would have to quickly cut it up into three, pull out the commercials and write a description and then put it onto the website so that it would filter to iTunes by the morning. And sometimes what would happen because they were quick or careless, they would mislabel it. So it would be hour one, you know, it'd be episode number, whatever, hour one, hour two. And sometimes there would be two hour twos or two hour threes or two hour ones. So whatever happened to when Infinite Guests uploaded all of the shows, those overwrote. So a lot of the radio shows are missing from the Infinite Guests website or their hours are missing because they overwrote so they don't make sense. If you try to listen to hour one, it might be three or it might be missing altogether. Um, so when the keyword function, because we used to use that extensively for this show, being able to say, oh, um, because on the Friday show that you're on, people bring a clip from their favorite segment or episode and so we would be able to easily put it into that site and find the episode or get close and then be able to listen. And now we can't do that. So I came up with this idea to kind of, I archive is kind of a not very good word for it. It's more like a catalog or a database. So what I do is I assign a week to, to a volunteer and they listen to the episode and then they fill out a spreadsheet that has the hosts, what the keywords were of that show, songs that were played, guests, um, a quick synopsis of, of the show, and then if there's any show notes, and then a link to it on the Infinite Guest site. And so we've been doing that so that we can have our own type of database. And then once that's complete, either hand it over to Infinite Guests and say, here you go, take it all, or created into just a really simple website where people can put those words in and the shows will pop up. So that's. And how many how? shows have you archived so far? You're well over half at this point, right? Yes. And you've We're only been doing to... this like 14 or 15 months. Oh, I think less than that. Really? It's less than a year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was my question, too, was how far were you in the process? Um, but I've assigned out there. to 2015. Oh, wow. So is there anything, I don't know, that Luke could do to explain? No, we don't want Luke to do anything <laughs> at all. Because <clears throat> here's the thing. If they find out that we're archiving APM or Infinite Guest, we don't want them to say, hey, that's our stuff. Stop messing with it or whatever. Right. We want to get this done as like a complete thing that is a wonderful thing for all of the tens. And that fans have created that love mm -hmm. the show, right? And then we'll be able to pass it off and say, do it with what you want. So that's where we're at with the archiving. Let us know if you want to archive some shows, Carrie. Uh, Christy would love to send you some weeks. Boy. <laughs> You'll just get mad all over again. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that does still happen once in a blue moon when, when I do occasionally listen, usually when Luke's traveling or mm -hmm. hear something that he's 
putting words in my mouth about yeah. or relaying in a way that didn't necessarily happen that way. Happen quite so. <laughs> yeah, the way he describes uh, that. I'll just be driving along and sipping my coffee and then think, oh, all right. That's that old familiar feeling I remember of why I don't listen to the show. So do you never listen or do you listen to select episodes or things that you've been told you should listen to? Like yesterday's show with Stubot, I would tell anyone to listen to that. I would tell, I want to shout it from the rooftops to listen to that show. It was the funniest show that they've done in a long Good time. Good to know. Yeah, I, I don't typically listen when I do it's usually if Luke is traveling and I kind of miss him, so I'll... Well, he's been accused of not knowing how tampons work because of last because of yesterday's show. <laughs> and it's because he made a very off-the-cuff, very funny remark about Storage Wars. And oh my God. I'm sure he knows how tampons work. It's just nobody wants to bid on a storage compartment that's going to be full of half-used tampons in Luke's words. Oh, my God. I, I might have to listen. Do. do. I, I suggest it was a good show. Uh, we have a new format and schedule that um, boss lady Christy has come up with. Christy, you just want to synopsize that for a second. We'll go more into it on the recap on, on Monday. Okay. Uh, the first week of the month, we're going to have Phyllis. Phyllis will always be the first week. And this, what will she be doing? Her usual Phyllis's favorites? Her Phyllis's favorites. Favorite of Favorite episode of that month that we're doing. So the next one will be April. Okay. And then the second week will be a 10. The third week is going to be a clip show. We got such great feedback on the Andrew episode that we're oh, just the Andrew, going... uh, um, anniversary, fourth anniversary. episode. Yep. Um, so we're going to pick a topic. Um, some things that have been mentioned is all about Luke's different diet schemes he's done or, um, baseball when football season starts just those um so that'll be the third week and then the fourth okay. week will be another 10 okay well that sounds great um i'm looking forward to it and the less work i have to do the better so <laughs> you know that uh how to get involved go to our website littleredbandwagon.com facebook go to the stents page which is a rambling morass of bullshit uh, or go to our page which is pleasant and fun and lots of people that you'll really enjoy getting to know our personal twitters are at Drew McFrizz, at Kissy Eyes, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S, at R-L Pape, at Dadstronaut, at Meredith underscore Mayhan. Our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. We got an interesting email uh, this week that we'll uh, talk about on the recap show. And the voicemail, 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. Um... <laughs> That's all I have, but uh, Carrie, I'm sorry. I canceled on you guys last night. I felt terrible about it, but uh, here I am in this empty house echoing and uh, have to make my way to a moderately priced hotel about 10 minutes from my house now. And uh, I'm, I'm going with the, the knowledge and the, the knowledge that, that we've done a good show and, and the love for Carrie and Luke and Andrew and Jen, um, this show, TBTL has meant a lot to me, Carrie, and your your husband um, deserves a lot of credit for putting this whole universe together. And just next time you talk to him, uh, give him a I love you from uh, us. Attendance. I will definitely do that. And thank you so much for having me on. This was really fun, you guys. 
Uh, Christy, uh, you can get us out of here. All right. Until next time, this is the next party. I love you, Jen. <laughs> <laughs>